Hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Well, hi, and welcome to Discovery Point Church. It's good to see y'all today and you watching from home. Uh, What a wonderful time of worship. It's just to be reminded who Jesus is. He is worthy of all of our praise. Amen? Because without him, we wouldn't be. Um, We pray with me as we approach God's word. Father, we want to say thank you for uh, this moment, for this day, as we gather in this place to worship you. Lord, our prayer is that your spirit would take control, that as we hear what you have to say to us this evening, that you would change us from the inside out, that you would invade our thoughts, the motives of our hearts, and the things that we do. Lord, help us to examine them, to make sure that they are what you have called us to do. We love you, Jesus, and we ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, choices have consequences. Choices have consequences. The things that we choose to do and say have consequences. For example, bring up the first slide. Depending on how you drive, whether you're attentive or you like to put on makeup or eat lunch, there are consequences depending on what you do behind the wheel of a car. Next slide. There are consequences also to the things that we eat. Some things taste really yummy and are savory, but oftentimes aren't good for us. And the things that are good for us, most often than not, they don't really taste all that great. But again, the choice is ours to make. Next slide. You know, when we were at home, some of us like to binge watch television. And that's a choice. Some of us spend time with family, reading, studying the scripture. That's also a choice. And what we choose to do or not do can affect our family life, can affect our spiritual growth. There are consequences to what we choose to do, even in the simple stuff. Next slide. And even what we choose to engage in. Now, that's not me, by the way, just so y'all know. I know y'all were wondering, is that Rod? No, that's not me. (laughs) But what we choose to do can have consequences both now and into the future. Would you agree with that? Now, these are some some humorous images that, that, that talk about and and illustrate the choices that we can make and make every day sometimes. But some of the choices that you and I make have more serious consequences. Some of our choices can even affect our relationship with Jesus. And the question on the table today is what choice are you making where Jesus Christ is concerned? You know, last week, Pastor Gregory, or two weeks ago, rather, Pastor Gregory 
talked about now and forever. How we are joined with Christ as we've been exploring the exchanged life. And Pastor Gregory made it clear that we are, we've been changed. We're not the same. That we've been joined with Jesus forever. And as a result, our lives should look radically different. Our union with Christ, the fact that we've been made new, means that the choices that we make should be different than before. You know, just two weeks ago, Paul told us through Pastor Gregory in verse 11 of Romans chapter 6, he said, even so, consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And the choice is ours, since we are dead to sin. That's what Paul told us in Romans 6, chapter, uh, 6 verses 1 through, uh, 1 through 10. We are dead to sin, right? Amen. And he says, even so, reckon yourselves, live your lives as though you are truly dead to sin. And we are. And in verse 12, he says this, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you obey its lust. Now, he's talking to the church. Don't let sin reign in your mortal body, in this flesh, so that you will obey its lust. And then verse 13, he continues, And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Paul tells the church to stop sinning. Don't go on presenting the members of your body to sin. Your hands, your feet, your mouth, your head, your eyes, and the rest of your members. Paul says to stop presenting them to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. Then he tells the church this in verse 14, For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Sin shall not be master over you. One of my favorite pastors said, I think it was last week, he said this. This was Pastor Greg, by the way. No, it's true. He is one of my favorite pastors. He said this, who we are doesn't always reflect what we do. Who we are does not always reflect what we do. And in our text today, Paul wants to encourage the church at Rome, and he wants to encourage Discovery Point Church to be mindful of our choices. He wants to do two things. He wants to encourage us so that what we do reflects who we are. He wants to encourage us so that what we do reflects who we are and that the choices we choose to make, and remind us rather, that the choices that we choose to make have consequences. And so if you have a Bible, turn with me to Romans chapter 6, if you haven't already. We're going to pick up today in verse 15, where Paul continues talking about the exchange life when he, when he asked this question, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? And Paul asks another rhetorical question like he did in Romans chapter 6, verse 1. And the question again is, shall we sin because we are no longer under the law, but under grace? 
Now, what's it mean to be under grace? Well, to be under grace, thank you for asking, means to be under the favor of God. To be under grace means to be under the favor of God. And there are two types of grace. There's, there's common grace, and then there's efficacious or, or saving grace. Now, common grace or general grace is basically this. It is God's goodwill towards all men, saved and unsaved. It is God's goodwill towards men, both saved and unsaved. Dr. Wayne Grudem puts it this way. He says, common grace is the grace of God by which he gives people innumerable blessings that are not part of salvation. The fact that God blesses both the, the, the just and the unjust the same. And he, he, he blesses them in so many ways. If you woke up this morning, that's a blessing. If you woke up and you could walk across the room, that's a blessing. If you woke up and you weren't sick, that's a blessing. That's common grace. Louis Burkhoff, in his systematic theology, puts it this way. He says that common grace is it's those general blessings such as rain and sunshine, food and drink, clothing and shelter, which God imparts to all men, indiscriminately, where and in what measure it seems good to him. This is common grace. God blesses all men, regardless of their salvation. He blesses all men as he sees fit. And this is true. Uh, when we talk about grace, grace was made realized through Jesus. Uh, the Apostle John in John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were, were realized, came about through Christ Jesus. That it was through Jesus that we realized and came to know God's grace. Matter of fact, Jesus makes reference to God's grace in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. He says this, but I tell you, I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. Here it is. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Common grace includes earthly blessings for all men to enjoy. And even at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, when, when he was in the synagogue in Luke chapter 4, and they handed him the Isaiah scroll to read, he opened the scroll, and this is what he read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Jesus came to proclaim God's favor among men, his grace. And although Jesus is never quoted using the word grace, but we see it throughout his ministry, and we see it throughout his interactions with those that he encountered. When he, when he gave the account of the, the prodigal son, within that account there was grace because the son should have gotten a beating. But instead, he got grace. When Jesus encountered the woman caught in adultery, he didn't condemn her. But through him, he received, she received, excuse me, grace. 
And so that's common grace. But there's a second kind of grace, and it's called efficacious grace or saving grace. And this is the grace of God that brings the center, the sinner, the rebellious sinner, to salvation. This is the grace that we sing about that is so amazing. You know the old hymn we used to sing, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound it saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. That is saving grace. That is efficacious grace. This is the grace that God uses to bring believers to himself. And here's the interesting thing. We, we are no longer governed by the law. There are no more boundaries around believers in Christ like there were around the Jews when they tried to keep the law. There were these boundaries. But now the boundaries are gone. There's freedom in Christ. Amen? And because there's freedom in Christ, there's this belief that because there are no boundaries, there's freedom to sin. And so now back to Paul's question in Romans chapter 6, verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? The answer to that is simple. May it never be. Should we sin after all that Jesus has done for us, saving us, justifying us, putting his spirit within us, giving us eternal life, preparing a place for us in heaven, should we then turn our backs on him and sin and go back to what we used to do? Paul says, may it never be. It's like when I first moved out of my parents' house and I had my own money. I was free to spend my money the way I chose to spend it because it was mine. But I understood later on in life that if I, if I spent it will, willy-nilly and didn't budget it, by the end of the week, I didn't have any money left. But if I budgeted my money carefully, then I could make my money last and it would stretch. But here's the thing, the choice was mine to, to splurge would it be frugal? And the choice is ours as believers in Jesus Christ. We, ha we have the choice to either sin or to serve Jesus. Look at verse 16, uh, 15, verse B. Do you not know, Paul says, that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves of obedience, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? Paul says there are two choices, that we can choose to present ourselves to sin and shackle ourselves back to the bondage that we were once in and be servants and slaves of sin and go back to the very thing that Jesus has saved us from, bondage to sin. Or, Paul says, we can be slaves of obedience, resulting in righteousness. This is a hat I like to wear, and it reminds me of who I am when I'm out. It says, douloi Christu Yesu, it's Greek, and it says slaves of, Jesus, of Christ Jesus. And when I wear this, it reminds me of who I am. And I can either choose to be a slave of Jesus Christ, or I can choose to go back to my old ways, 
and be, become a slave to sin and bondage again. Either way, I have the choice to make. And there is no neutral ground. I'm either obedient to Christ or I'm obedient to sin. And there are consequences based on the choice that I make. There's sin leading to death. There's obedience leading to righteousness. Someone once said this, that sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. And this is so true. But on the other hand, rather than being obedient to sin, our obedience to Christ brings God the Father glory, brings about sanctification in our own lives, lets the world see who we really are so that who we are is reflected in what we do as followers of Jesus. And so Paul wants the church to understand that we have a choice to make. We can live for sin or we can live for Jesus because we're free. And we have the freedom in Christ to make that decision. But again, there are consequences to our decisions. Look at verse 17 with me. Paul says this to the church. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, past tense, Though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Paul reminds the church that at some point in history, God got a hold of your heart. And he saved you and he gave you a heart of flesh rather than a heart of stone. And you became sensitive to the things of God. So much so that you began to serve God with your whole heart. With all that you have within you, you began to, say, to serve God because you have been freed from sin. And you became a slave of righteousness. God delivered us from slavery to sin. It's, it's past tense. It's old. It's gone. We are dead to sin. And he has yet made us alive to God, and we are now free in Christ. Just this past week, we celebrated Juneteenth. Now, I didn't grow up in Texas, but when I moved to Texas back in the early 90s and late 80s, I learned that Juneteenth was a Texas celebration. It's a celebration of when the slaves in Texas realized that they were free after two and a half years of being freed by Lincoln. Lincoln freed the slaves on January the 1st, 1863. The slaves in Texas found out they were free June 19th, 1965. And when they found out that they were free, they left the plantations. They left their slave masters. They exercised their freedom. And you know what? They never went back to slavery because they were free. No more chains. They were free. Jesus Christ has freed us from sin. Sin is no longer our master. It has no power over us. 
unless we give it power. We are now free from sin. Why would we want to go back to that bondage? You ever thought about that? Our lives should look radically different because we've been emancipated. We have been truly freed from sin and our old master has no power over us. There's a question for you. Who's your master? Is it sin? Or is it Jesus? Who are you serving today? Something for you to think about today. Let it marinate and just ruminate on this question. As you examine your life, who are you serving? Have you gone back to sin? Or are you serving the Savior? And understand this, the choice is ours, and that choice has consequences. See, before our salvation, we were, we were serving pornography and alcoholism. We were serving adultery and anger and domestic violence and the, 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 the unholy trinity of, of me, myself, and I. We were doing our own thing. And God was dead to us. But Jesus saved us and freed us from the bondage of sin. And so we've now made a covenant with our eyes. We've been filled with his Holy Spirit. Now, husbands, we, we love our wives and wives. We respect our husbands. We have peace with God and we have peace with one another. And we now serve the, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we are about doing his will. So why would we want to go back to what we used to do? Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me. If you love me. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If we truly love Jesus, who are we serving? Are we serving him or are we serving sin? Something for us to think about this evening. But then Paul gives us a challenge in verses 19 through 23 as the church. Look at verse 19 with me. He makes it plain. He says, I am speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. And sometimes the flesh is weak. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. Stop there for a minute. Paul says to the church, and here's the challenge, the same way you were all in for sin when you weren't saved, be all in for Jesus now that he saved you and done a wondrous work in your life. Verse 20. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Therefore, what benefit were you then deriving from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the outcome of those things is death. Paul says that when you were a sinner and you weren't saved and you spent your life sinning and doing things that were shameful, you didn't care because there was no benefit. 
But now, verse 22, he reminds us again, but now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit resulting in sanctification and the outcome, eternal life. Paul says, but now there is a benefit. Having been freed from sin and we are now slaves of Christ Jesus if you belong to Jesus Christ. That there's now sanctification and eventually eternal life. It'll be realized one day. Now the wages of sin, Paul says, is death. Eternal separation from God. He may even, if you're a believer and you're living a life of sin, he may even take you out of this life for his, own, for his name's sake. But the gift of God, the free gift of God, is eternal life in Christ Jesus. I say all that to say this. We have a choice to make as followers of Christ because we're free. We can choose to serve sin and become slaves of sin, or we can choose to serve Jesus and become slaves of obedience and righteousness. The choice is ours. See, Jesus has freed us from sin. He's given us new life. He's placed his spirit within us. And we've been joined together with Christ. We are no longer the same. We are no longer the same. We are no longer the same. Because to serve sin is death. But to serve Jesus is righteousness and sanctification and eternal life. And who we choose to serve, well, that choice is ours. And remember, choices have consequences. Does that make sense? So when you leave this place today, and you get home or wherever you're going, think about the choices that you make. Think about who you are choosing to serve. Sin or the Savior. Paul wants us to understand this, that our choices have consequences because we are truly free in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to say thank you for the freedom that you have afforded us through your sacrifice on the cross. But Lord, remind us today that freedom from sin is not a license to sin. Lord, as we prepare to leave this place today and we think about the things that we do and say in the places that we go, even the things that we choose to look at, remind us that there are consequences. That on the one hand there's death, on the other hand there's life. And I pray that by your spirit you will help us to choose life, we pray. We love you, Lord. 
May the things that we choose to do today bring you honor and glory and reflect our love for you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.
Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.